It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. We bring you information from experts in their field of health and well-being to help you eat better, feel better, and have a more positive outlook on life. Want to have more energy, joy, and a greater zest for life? Sound good? Well then, you're in the right place. Kate Michaels is another good friend who I lost touch with over the years. Kate is an innovative life coach. She created the Core Alignment Life Coach Training, which has evolved into Emotional Wisdom Training. Kate has been working through her own health issues, which has given her an exquisite opportunity to put her teachings into practice on a very personal level. I'm looking forward to a really fun, heartfelt, and informative conversation. Hey, Kate. So good to finally reconnect with you. Yes, wonderful to have to have our conversations again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited. So in looking at your website, I see you have a new book out too called uh, Spin Cycles of Everyday Living, Emotional Wisdom Training That Makes a Difference. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. It is, it is in production right now. It is not available for people to purchase. It will be very, very soon. Oh, cool. Okay, we'll let people know when it is. Um, so I'd like to start with what inspired you to become a life coach? You and I both went to the same uh, life coach training, Erickson Coach Coach International. Is it Erickson? No, Erickson. What is it anyway? Erickson Institute? It's Erickson, Erickson International was a counseling school that transferred into a coaching school. Right. Right. And it's awesome training. So we both had the same base training, but then you went on to do something most coaches don't do. You created your own life coach training program, which I think is awesome. So what inspired you to do all this? Well, I just wrote an article for Choice Magazine yesterday, and I was thinking about my history, my coaching history, and so it's really fresh in my mind. And Erickson International is also really fresh in my mind because some of the most profound life coaches in the industry today were trained at Erickson International. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vicki Brock, who's known for the source of coaching history, went through that program. Patrick Williams, who actually introduced coaching into the colleges Mm -hmm. so that now you can become a accredited graduate diploma coach, went through the Erickson program. Oh, awesome. And the reason that I was attracted to Erickson in the first place is because I spent the first 20 years of my adult life diving into psychology, working with psychiatrists and doctors, helping people that had been misdiagnosed, helping people get off of medication, mm-hmm. helping people that were suicidal, multiple personality disorders, and I totally burned out in that field. Mm, Although I mm -hmm. loved it and I was committed to it from the time I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. The the burden of being a counselor for people was way greater than I could handle. When you're trying to fix people Mm. and you're trying to solve their problems, it keeps you up late at night. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that might be one of the differences then between uh, a life coach approach and a psychology approach is you're not trying to fix someone. Yeah, that's a really good way to to see it. You're not trying to fix them, and you're not trying to solve their problems. You're not analyzing them. You're simply as a you know what a coach is is someone who supports someone in getting from point A to point B. That's okay. all a coach does. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I was just going to ask you, okay, what would be your definition of a life coach? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the term coaching, often people think, oh, I think of a sports coach. Well, it was actually applied to life coaches before it was applied to sports coaching. Oh, I didn't know that. When, in the early 1800s, when people were going through school and they were about to take their exams, they mm-hmm. were provided a tutor, and the tutor was called a coach. Oh, interesting. And that coach was there to support them, and like a coach would give you a ride from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and they didn't teach you because you'd already been taught by the teachers, and they didn't counsel you and they didn't advise you. They simply supported you in knowing the information that you already had so that you'd be ready to take the exam. Got it. 
And that's where life coaching comes from. Mm-hmm. So after leaving the psychology psychiatry world, I became an interior decorator. I became a real estate investor. I became a massage therapist. And then I became a cranial sacral specialist. And cranial sacral specialists hold someone while they heal. You're basically not moving their muscles. You're simply allowing the muscles and the fluid in the body to move. Right. And allowing the person to breathe in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Well, anyone that was doing that on my table would start crying and telling me their whole life story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh. And as I say in the spin cycle book, here we go again, got triggered inside of me. And there was, instead of enthusiasm and excitement for my work, there was this fear that I was going to get burned out again. Mm-hmm. Well, that, along I can that, see that. Yeah. So along that path, I was introduced to the concept of life coaching. And my very first day in training with Marilyn Atkinson, sitting right next to you, meeting you for the very first time. <laughs> And Dr. Beverly Todd for the very first time, I heard Marilyn describe coaching and I knew that this was the answer. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying, wow, this is so easy. How come the rest of the world doesn't know this? <laughs> <laughs> I want the whole world to know this. I want coaching on everyone's couch in everyone's home. And I'm still committed to that 17 years later. Mm-hmm. I still recognize that we are whole, perfect, creative, and resourceful beings. And we block ourselves from the information that we can actually get from ourselves, mm-hmm. which, actually, which actually leads right into my attraction to functional medicine, because that's what functional medicine is all about as well, mm-hmm. is recognizing our whole self and how we can gather more information and how we can become more whole and perfect by the choices that we make. Right. Now, you've you've had health challenges for a number of years, I know, and and you've been working with functional medicine, that approach to healing and health. But you had started with um, traditional allopathic medicine, correct? Yes, I did not. I did not start my path with functional medicine. I do have a naturopathic doctor that supported me from way back when, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I was misdiagnosed in. 2010, I went to New Mexico and I did my first core alignment retreat. Mm-hmm. And we had, um, I had 12 people there. And while I was there, I became very, very sick. Mm. And when I came home, I went to the, I was, I was so sick. I, was, I can't believe I did the retreat as sick as I was. I was so sick. <laughs> Isn't it, it's amazing what you can pull out of yourself when you have to. Yes. And it, it was videotaped as well. And when you watch it, you have no idea that I'm sick. That's the power of disassociation. <laughs> in the night and in the day, away from presenting, I was very sick. While I was presenting, I was just fine. Mm-hmm. So when I came home, I went to the doctor's and paid out of pocket to be diagnosed with that. They said I had walking pneumonia. Mm. So they treated me for walking pneumonia. And after two weeks of the walking pneumonia not improving and me having more and more intestinal pain, I went back and they said, oh, maybe you have a bladder infection. And so at the time that they decided to treat me for the bladder infection, I contacted my naturopathic neighbor who had become a naturopath because I had coached her through the core alignment coaching program. I coached her. <laughs> she wanted to work in her garden all the time. She said, all I really want to do is work in my garden. She then became an herbologist. She then became a naturopathic doctor specializing in herbology mm-hmm. and is the, is the head of the herbology program at the naturopathic school in Oregon now. Oh, I didn't know that. Good for so her. That's, that's, that's that's mm-hmm. the power of coaching. That's how wonderful coaching is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I so I contacted her just for support, right? I'm going, I'm you know, I'm going to the, the regular doctors and they're giving me antibiotics, first antibiotics for the walking pneumonia, then antibiotics for the bladder infections. 
And she immediately said, we need to change your diet. Mm-hmm. And so she took me off of dairy and gluten. Mm-hmm. And so much for those pizza Fridays. Yeah, well, <laughs> the pizza Fridays have continued mm-hmm. and we have been quite creative in all of our pizza Fridays. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and I actually and I actually say that I enjoy the smell of the pizza cooking probably more than the people who eat it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We actually went to all organic flours. We do a gluten-free Good. crust, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. We do a spelt crust. Mm-hmm. We do an organic olive oil, oregano, basil sauce. Mm-hmm. We do checto sheep's cheese and people cannot believe that it's healthy because it's so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what she was she so she was treating me alongside the doctors and when i didn't get better again they went back and they said oh you have cancer in your background Maybe you have lung cancer because my father died of lung cancer at 52 years old mm-hmm. and I was 48. So they checked and there was no lung cancer. And then they said, well, something's really wrong. Duh, something's really <laughs> wrong. Here, here it's been now six weeks of me being sick, five weeks of me being on different antibiotics. So my system was pretty run down mm-hmm. and they tested me and said that I had diverticulitis. Mm-hmm. My grandmother actually died from diverticulitis when she was 68 years old. Mm-hmm. And my aunt has diverticulitis. So as soon as they said that, I accepted that and went on my merry way, treating myself as if that's what I had. And kind of almost like to say suffering for the next six years. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's understandable how you would accept that since it's in your in your background so heavily. Right. That I mean that that's and that's what we do. The doctors do it as well. They look like oh your father had lung cancer. Oh you oh your your grandmother had diverticulitis. Oh you have diverticulitis. And basically now that I've been doing my research, oh. Almost everybody that's over the age of 60 has some diverticulosis condition in their body. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and diverticulosis being that we have um, an area that collects debris as you're going poop and doesn't pass completely through and then gets inflamed and becomes diverticulitis. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> And they're becoming much more wiser about that than they were when, six years ago, which is really good. They're gathering, they're gathering more information because at that point they said, um, avoid fibers, avoid bread, uh, don't eat popcorn, you know, it's best to eat soups. Hmm. And now they say, oh, it's really good to have a high fiber, fiber diet. I was going to say, yeah. uh, that doesn't <laughs> sound like there's much fiber there. Right now they say it's really good. Uh, don't eat lettuce, but now they say eat lettuce. So they're, they're, they are getting, and this is what's wonderful, especially about people holding shows like your show is right now, is the more we as regular practitioner, pr- principal characteristics gather information and we take that information to our practitioners, mm-hmm. the practitioners do their research and gather more information. And then they become more resourceful as and well. And you do have to find a practitioner who's open, who's open to new ideas and new information, but there are a lot of them. You just have to find them. Yes. And you have to be assertive enough to communicate really clearly with them. Mm-hmm. Because as long, you know, the more assertive position we take, the more authority we with, the more clearly we communicate, the more people will listen to us. Right. So like, oh, you heard, I, I read this and I think that. The doctors go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you say, this is what I know, this is what I have found, they go, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because my, my general 
practitioners and doctors are working really well with my functional medicine doctor. And the information that I bring them, they use mm -hmm. to, for my care. Mm -hmm. And when I and when I tell them that I do not want to, my symptoms treated with a medication, I want a cure, mm -hmm. or I won't take and if it's medicine to cure me, I'll take it. If it's medicine to treat a symptom, I won't take it. Good girl. And they are strongly supportive of that as well. They've been, I mean, I'm, I have, part of it comes with my assertiveness. Mm -hmm. And another part of it comes from my location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I give them the, and I give them the information. I'm not going there, like, wanting to be treated like a child. I'm going there as an adult speaking to another adult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I've taken, I've taken books. I've taken papers that I've printed off to my doctors. Um, and, and I have, I've personally had a GP who didn't want to work with all of this. So I, I had him refer me out to a functional medicine doctor. Um, so, you know, not everybody wants to, they're not, I mean, some just aren't interested in, going that route. But you you keep going until you find someone who wants to work as a team with other people who have other expertise and that you can all work together. Yes. So then, as I said, I suffered for six years with the diverticulitis condition and diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I changed my diet. My, my Both my husband and I are grateful for that time. Because while I was attempting to feel better, because I really did not feel good at all, mm -hmm. and people people later when I would tell them, they'd say, oh, my sister has that, and she doesn't seem to be sick like you are, or my brother has that, and it doesn't seem to be as big a problem for him as it is for you. Mm. So it really seemed like a really big problem for me compared to most people. Interesting. And so my diet was very, very strict and became stricter and stricter. And I moved more and more. We have now a beautiful organic garden where we grow all of our own food. We make all of our own mayonnaise. We make our own sausage. Yeah, you know, we grow our own chickens and eat our own chicken meat. I mean, all of, we do is all of those things we now do because we were trying <laughs> to find a way for me to feel better because I felt so sick and so bad for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be the upside. That's the upside, yes. And then I would have a flare-up. And as soon as I had a flare-up, I would go to the doctors and I'd say, I have diverticulitis, and they would give me an antibiotic. Mm. And then I would go for another three months and I would be okay. And I would take lots of probiotics to build back up my system. And then I would get wiped out again and I'd go back to the doctors and they'd give me another antibiotic. Oh, wow. And that's what I did for the last five years. I Antibiotic. Probiotic, antibiotic, probiotic, antibiotic, probiotic. As I can, as I continue to to look for my own answers, my husband and I were doing constant research on the internet. You know, your type of podcast would have been a podcast that we listened to. We discovered the Western Price Organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I became quite familiar with lots of doctors. During that time, I created the Emotional Wisdom Training Program, which is all about all of us finding more resourceful ways to make more resourceful choices for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Doctors and practitioners and um, learning more about the skincare, skincare products that we use. And, I mean, there's, there's so much information out there that can really make a difference for us that we just we just don't know we're doing what we've always done we're doing what everybody else does and we don't know right that that apples that are sprayed to kill bugs that you eat is actually 
day the toxins are staying in your body. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been eating we've been eating these apples from the grocery store all our life, and everybody else is eating them too. There shouldn't be anything wrong with that apple, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you the one thing I'm really grateful for is that ever since the '70s, I've been, you know, little lapses here and there, but I've pretty much been eating organic. I consider myself lucky because there's so many toxins in the foods that, uh, you know, that aren't organic, that are sprayed with all these pesticides and especially your berries, things like that. Yes. And, you know, people like you who have been doing it since the seventies. I mean, I, I lived in Santa Barbara, California for a while. And so there was a food co-op. And so I was introduced to the whole concept of organic early on. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when organic came back into my consciousness, I knew how to do it. Like, oh, yeah, organic. Oh, yeah. It costs more money. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's worth it. And so now we have our garden. And we, we're part of the Mount Clemens Garden Walk because most of the gardens that will be on the garden walk are flowers. Mm-hmm. And our garden is, called, is considered a homestead garden. We simply grow what we need to eat and we save it so that we'll have it to eat all winter long. And the reason we started doing it is because the first year with me being sick, we spent about a thousand dollars a month on food. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, there's just the two of us, but it was all buying organic and making sure the meats were good and the chickens were good and all that kind of, and the eggs were good and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was worth it. But we were also living in an area that doesn't have, did not have very many resources for organic. Mm-hmm. I know that can be a problem. And so we paid, we paid way more because it, it was considered exotic in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Rare and exotic. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've considered myself to be lucky that um, pretty much, well, every place that I've lived throughout my life has had uh, very good access to high quality organic foods. So how did you, how did you come across functional medicine? What? Well, so in my program in core alignment coaching, I had a chiropractor come into my program mm-hmm. And he was being, he was being trained as a core alignment specialist. And he went to a class. And during that class, he heard a word, methylation. Mm -hmm. And because of the training in core alignment coaching of you hear a word and if a word gets your attention, find out what that word really means and what that word means to you. It basically changed his life. It changed his direction. And he went immediately into functional medicine and became a functional medicine doctor and created a functional medicine team. So that, just like my neighbor who became a naturopathic doctor was really close to Mm -hmm. me, Dr. Matt Flory, who's a functional medicine doctor, is very close to me as well. And sometimes when someone's very close to us, we miss out on the opportunity that's available to us. Yes, yeah, so quite often something that's really close to us, we miss out on the benefits of that. And I really want to emphasize that to the listeners because a lot of times very close to us is answers. We simply need to be willing to ask and share our vulnerability. Because I was his teacher and his mentor and his trainer. So I was showing up to him as strong, healthy, and competent. When people found out how sick I was, my core mm. specialist that I trained, my family members, they were all really surprised. <laughs> they had no they had no idea mm-hmm. because I would show up like at that retreat, strong and healthy, and present myself as, you know, an organic eater and, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to stress this point because I have the exact same story. I can pull it together and be cheery and outgoing and act like I'm just fine when I'm around other people. And people will say, I, I, you don't look like you, you know, you don't look like you don't feel good. You look great, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, well, I'm glad I look great because I feel like shit. <laughs> and, um, it's just an important point to be aware of because a lot, there are, I think, a fair number of people who underneath it all are, have low grade whatever, maybe low high, you know, low thyroid. They don't have much energy. They don't feel good, but they have strong character and they can pull it together when they need to and then crash at home afterwards. <laughs> yes. And one of the things that we quickly learned about my gut condition is one of the programs that I'm really excited about and I love to share with people, which is the GAP, which is gut and psychology. A lot of times when you have a gut condition, you will have depression. It's immediate. It's just attached to your psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I spent years in of my life being depressed and thinking I was depressed and blaming it on my move or blaming it on my Location, right? Location, mm-hmm. location, location. It's because I don't live in Portland anymore. It's because I don't have any friends anymore. It's because I don't wow, have any money it, anymore. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, I could be saying the exact same thing. Yes. And, and then when I learned about guts, you know, the gap of guts and psychology, I was like, ah, well, so different than PMS. I mean, I worked with PMS women for years and I recognize that and I acknowledge that this is the same thing. And so now when I begin to have those feelings that are associated with what I call the depression, I, I go, oh, I need to check in with my health. I need to check in with my supplements. I need to check in with my doctor. I need to check in with my body, I need to check in instead of checking out because mm-hmm. a lot of times when we start to feel depressed, we check out. We don't tell our family, our friends. We don't even allow ourselves to find out what's really going mm-hmm. on. I, I get crabby. Yeah. So so what you're saying is that if there's, if there's inflammation in the mi- gut microbiome in your digestive tract that... A depression is can it can very likely be a symptom. Yes, and that's one of the that's one of the first conversations that Dr. Matthew Flory and I had along the lines of methylation. Is how often people are diagnosed with depression or mm-hmm. anxiety, and it's really an inflammation that's affecting their psychology. Well, I've talked to Matt about uh, our next podcast conversation on on methylation, so I'm very much looking forward to that. So last year, and that's very interesting, it's a year now, last June, Mm -hmm. last April, I noticed a spot on my leg, and I knew right away that it was cancer. It's a, it's along, mm. it's along my spleen line. It's in, and I have been, I've had many times people, doctors call me, you know, naturopaths, because I work a lot with naturopaths, that a lot of what I described seemed to have, have something to do with an imbalance in my spleen. And because I'm a cranial sacral specialist mm-hmm. and a massage therapist, when I saw that spot, the area that it was in, like, oh, in my spleen and it's been cancer oh well I am not going to play the cancer game so I guess I'm going to die <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh about it but literally I mean from from the neuro-linguistic programming place and the emotional wisdom place uh, I wasn't going to react to it mm-hmm. and so I simply was aware and I was accepting of it, 
without taking any more okay. steps. Because if I took any more steps, then I would have been playing the cancer game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and because there's such a powerful meme around cancer, I just say the word and people go, oh, no, that means you're going to die. It's like, okay, I have cancer and I'm not going to do what everybody tells you you're supposed to do with cancer. And so I guess that means that I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And I literally spent from May of 2016 through August of 2016, pulling out of my kind of pulling away from my business where my business dwindled and became, you know, I I have really powerful core alignment specialists. My materials are out there and they're saved. (laughs) And so I knew that my work Mm -hmm. would go forward in the world without me here. And I just kind of sat at home, just enjoyed my time with my husband didn't go anywhere, didn't do anything, and wasn't working like I normally am. I am a 200%, you you know me, <laughs> I'm a yes. energy person. I, I am continually doing three or four different things at the same time. <laughs> I'm laughing because when I, oftentimes when I think of you, I remember you showing me um, – when I was looking for houses in Portland and you're showing me properties and you're coaching someone on the phone while you're showing me. That's right. While you're showing me a house. Oh God. I'm doing real estate and I'm doing coaching. Nothing's going to stop me from doing, you know, all of the things that I want to do in life other than cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, cancer is probably the biggest meme there is. Yes, it's a really powerful meme. And, you know, since I've been diagnosed with this condition, the diverticulitis condition, and I was so sick for so long, my husband and I were continually doing research. And I actually joined Quantum University and was working on my doctorate degree with them as a doctor Mm -hmm. to work in the whole natural field of cancer. That's how Quantum University got started. Dr. Paul Druin's brother died of cancer, not Mm -hmm. from cancer, Mm -hmm. but from the treatment of cancer. Yep. Yes. Over and over Over and over over again. And so he wanted, he's a doctor. He became a doctor to find answers and cures. And then had to leave the state to start his school to teach and train other people. And so he's stationed in Hawaii because that's in the United States, but out of the United States, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so part, I, I already had a strong drive towards mm-hmm. the, the stand against the meme of cancer and yet when I knew I had cancer I still gave in to that meme Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. say that I was doing awareness with acceptance except that the acceptance that I had basically led me to resistance because I didn't do what the coach position would be to do. I didn't gather more information to make more resourceful choices. I Mm -hmm. didn't Mm -hmm. even tell my husband what I had found and what I saw and what I knew. Interesting. So from April. So do you feel like you were giving up? Yes, I was giving up. Okay. I have basically decided, okay, this is where I'm. This is where I'm going. This is what's going to happen next, and so I'm going to do it with my chin up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I I get that. And from June through August, I got really, you know, I'm given up in a sense. I was still eating the way eating healthily, but I wasn't going to go to the doctor. And Mm -hmm. so I got really, really sick. So I spent a lot of time having major relapses and being on the couch. And Mm -hmm. then finally one day in August of 2016, 
I decided that I would show my husband the spot and tell him what it was. I said, this is cancer. And that was, that was on Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I made an appointment to see a dermatologist Thursday. I went into the dermatology appointment at 9.30 in the morning on Thursday. The dermatologist mm-hmm. took one look at my face and my legs and said, do you have insurance? And I said, oh, no, it's okay. I'm going to pay for this. I always pay for my medical care. And she said, I'm not going to touch you. You you need to get insurance. And I said, I said, I I know that this this is cancer. I just want you to do a biopsy. And she said, you're going to need insurance for this. Hmm. It sounds like she was actually, was she trying to protect you yes. from having such huge yes. financial outlay? That's yeah. what she was doing. Okay. She, she recognized immediately okay. that I did have cancer and that it was going to require a lot of care. And so I called my husband from her office while I was sitting on the table and told her him what she said because I was thinking he would say no just tell her to do the biopsy we will pay for it and when I called him he said tell her we have insurance (laughs) (laughs) I love my husband he's 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 a he's a manifester like I am (laughs) and yeah Dan's a pretty cool guy so I said to her oh we have insurance and she said I'm giving you a referral. By 4.30 in the afternoon, I was contacted by the dermatologist that she was referring me to. And Mm -hmm. I was seeing that doctor at 10 o'clock the next day. And we did have insurance. By then, my husband got insurance and we had insurance. Mm -hmm. And what inspired from that point on is how most people describe um, going through health issues. It, it was definitely transformational. It changed my life. In what way? Right. And, um, instead of instead of no longer giving up, I joined in the game. <laughs> like okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna join in this game. <laughs> and okay. instead of feeling like a victim. Mm-hmm. I became victorious. Awesome. I like that. You went from victim to victorious. Good job. Yeah. I I said, I said, okay, I guess I'm going to play this game. (laughs) (laughs) May as well. What else do you have to do with your time? That's right. So how did you play the game? Well, one of the things that, you know, I, I got a team of doctors, right? So not only did I have the dermatology specialist, I went to a general practitioner who did a lot of tests. And I was within three weeks, I had every test that you could possibly think of done. Mm-hmm. And the, which is, which is really hard to believe how fast the tests were done. It's scary. It was scary to my family members because that must mean that they are panicking. The doctors are panicking to get things done so fast. Mm-hmm. For me, it just meant that I was really clear on what I wanted and what mm-hmm. I was asking for. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I came home from the dermatology specialist and called the dear close Dr. Matt Flory and described to him what had taken place. And he said, ah, yes. I described to him where the spot was. And he said, well, that's in your spleen meridian line. And I said, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And he, and he laughed and said, oh, I love working with people like you. (laughs) (laughs) So instead instead of it being like the scary thing, oh no, 
pretty smoothly in line. It was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then he said, I can't think of a better person to do this with than you, because mm-hmm. you're going to gather information and then you're going to make sure other people get the information. Mm-hmm. And that's why I created Coraline Coaching. That's why I have emotionalism training. You know, people need information, and the more information people gather, the more resourceful their choices will be. Absolutely. That's why I do this podcast. I don't know how many people actually listen to it, but hopefully, you know, there's a few people out there that are being helped in some way. Yeah, so they did remove the cancer spot that was on my leg. They're still watching it. Mm -hmm. It may need to be retreated and possibly removed again. Because I'm not willing to play that game mm-hmm. of cancer with chemotherapy and radiation, I'm not going to do things that are going to hurt me more. Good girl. I'm going to do things that are going to help me more. Absolutely. Yes. And so now I, it's been a year since, you know, in April, was a year since I noticed it. Mm-hmm. It's now okay. been a year since June when I basically decided to give up Okay. and in August we started treating it. So I'm looking forward to how I will feel by August because I feel pretty good in June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you went when on a, th- you, you went on a big book tour um, on the West coast, not too long ago. Yes, I did. I, I, I almost didn't. Mm-hmm. And then I decided that I would, but I I traveled differently this time than I have traveled in the past. Mm. It's it's and it's good information, right? It's a good change because in the past I would get in my car and I would drive the thirty one hours to get to the other side of the country. <laughs> mm. I'd pull over and sleep in my car for two or three hours. <laughs> you nut, jeez. And now. What I do is I take two or three days to drive cross country and I stop and stay where I want to stay and I sleep in a wonderful, comfortable, cozy bed. And it's like, what am I in a hurry for? I'm not in a hurry. Right. There there is nothing to hurry for. Mm -hmm. But you had, but you had the, you had the energy to do this anyway. I mean, when you told me you were doing this, I thought, wow. I can't believe she's, you know, got enough energy for that. So that's pretty cool. I did have the energy to do it. And I also had um, bad times while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently I had a conversation with Dr. Matt Flory about how long this is taking and how hard this was. And he, he basically said, well, you were misdiagnosed for six years. So they did lab tests and they did um, stool specimen tests and all kinds of tests. So with my genealogy and all, all those wonder, you know, we did as many tests as we could possibly do. And they discovered that I had been misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. And the fortunate thing for me is that I didn't just take one diagnosis because I learned from the previous diagnosis, but that's not necessarily the way to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had one spot of cancer on my leg, but there was obviously something more going on. Right. And internally in my gut, there was a very strong pre-cancerous condition that existed. Mm-hmm. And so treating all of that is the important thing. What most people do, especially with skin cancer, and so this is the main point I would like to make to the audience, is that they treat, that is that is a symptom of a condition. That is not the condition. Right, right. There's a cause under the condition. So if you, if they just cut out the spot on my leg and moved on or mm-hmm. burned the spot on my face and then moved on, I would have ended up like many cancer people do 10 years later, eight years later, with it coming back and it being chronic, mm-hmm. being stage four. And there's right. nothing they can do about it by that point. The fortunate thing for me is that I right. It. It's because what's happening is, and this is an out projection of something that's happening deep inside of you, right? Right. So, um, 
I'm assuming from what I know that, that the, the cause is, is an inflammation. It's an inflammatory condition in the, in the digestive tract in the gut where 70% of our immune system lives. Yes. And we knew, we knew that I had an inflammation problem, right? Diverticulosis, mm-hmm. diverticulitis is mm-hmm. an inflammation. So that they knew that I had an inflammation condition. They knew I had an autoimmune condition. My immune system was continually getting kicked in. And I was sick all the time. They knew that, but they didn't bother to find out why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That And the big why is really important. Right. What? It's all about anyways. <laughs> and the answer is? I have a bacterial fungus type of condition that quite possibly maybe I got that retreat in New Mexico <laughs> <laughs> where I got so sick and started being sick from there on. Mm. It's, in, it's, you know, we can track it back. We can see when it really started and when it took over. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And, and we're also, you know, we're also different in how that out projects for somebody else that could have ended up in a, a, a diabetes like condition or some kind of heart problem or, you know, that, that's what makes it hard is because you, you can't just say, well, this, um, this imbalance or this inflammation leads to X, Y, or Z because it, it can be different depending on our genetics, on the environmental toxins we've taken in. On There's so many factors. Well, and that's one of the things that they're discovering about diabetes as well is that that is an inflammation. I know. Malfunctioning system. This is the reason that methylation is such an important concept to gather more information about when Dr. Matt heard the word and then found out what it meant, he said, how come, how come I haven't heard this word before? And how come everybody doesn't know what it means? <laughs> it's so important. It is so mm-hmm. important. You know, our inflammation system is part of our curing system. And most of us just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And then, and especially living in America, we just take a drug right. to cover up the symptoms that are showing up, like anti, you know, and um, anti-inflammatories. You know, people take them all the time, continually, and then they hurt the liver. Mm-hmm. Or um, anti-acids, so people take them all the time, and then your gut is severely affected. Well, I think it's because the, these symptoms that we're talking about uh, have become like the norm. You're, it's just you're aging and that's the norm. You know, and my feeling is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, and, and with all the reading that I've been doing so much reading lately, um, it seems that just about everything, every imbalance, the, the root cause is some kind of inflammation that is causing the immune system to not be able to function properly. I am agreeing with you. <laughs> and the more research we do, the more we discover like people are doing with diabetes or with depression or with Alzheimer's, dementia, all these kinds of things. And, you know, just like me, you know, oh, well, your grandmother had this, your aunt had this, your father had this. We're all looking for the easy answer. Mm-hmm. And from the core alignment coaching position, the real answer that's really going to support us doesn't show up until we've asked at least three times. The first answer you get is that superficial answer mm-hmm. that, that everybody's going to be given. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, need, you need insurance. <laughs> the, sec- the second answer you get is that is that subconscious answer? It's like okay, so what is it that you really want to hear now? Mm-hmm. When you get to that third answer, it's like okay, so this is what's really going on, and so we've got to be willing to ask the heavy questions and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking, mm-hmm. and then take steps on the sort of position that says okay. Now what? 
You know, it seems to me that um, some type of coaching during this this process of healing and taking care of this inflammation and getting your immune system stronger, um, that some kind of coaching would be really helpful to keep you on track, keep you from getting discouraged. Yes, it's one of the things that the functional medical medical team is standing strong on, is making sure that everyone that's going through the program is having a coach to support them because mm. I mean, even me with, even me with all of my resources and my coaching went into, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to do anything about this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Dr. Matt Floyd was very, very close. Mm-hmm. I could have started getting my answers <laughs> two years earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Silly girl. And started, and started getting better two years earlier. One of the things he's discovered is that a lot of times once people start to get help, and we all know this, we start to get help, we start to feel better, and then we just fall back into our old program. Mm-hmm. And if we fall back into our old program, we're basically going to end up back on the same path we were before, feeling the same way we were before. So it really does require an internal shift and change and reprogramming, Mm -hmm. which I kept saying, I kept saying that, you know, as I was, when I was changing my eating and trying to get better and trying to get better, I kept saying, well, no matter what, I'm always going to eat this way from now on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think no matter how skilled you are as a coach or a psychologist or whatever, we still need someone else to help us. It's very difficult to be your own coach. I mean, you can use the principles and, and, you know, what you know, and you've learned, but still just having another person to talk to, I think can be so helpful. And when we talk to someone like you and I have been talking today, you go, Oh, I know exactly what you said. <laughs> Sounds just like me. <laughs> oh, I know how you felt. Oh, that is so funny to hear you say that. <laughs> and we talk to other people, we go, Oh, I'm not alone. Right. So what would you like to leave? I want you to know how much I appreciate your sharing your story. Um, because I think it will, will touch many people. And what would you, I think it's very brave also to to do this. Um, what would you like to leave the listeners with that you feel might be might be helpful or you know a little coaching wisdom or advice from your experience? Oh, the one thing that has been really big for me is that I believed I was in acceptance. And I said I was in acceptance, mm-hmm. but I was actually in resistance because I wasn't asking anything more. Mm. And so I just want people to keep, keep asking, keep asking more. Mm-hmm. Right? Because acceptance is only the beginning of the process. <laughs> Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Right. And so often people accept, accept, you know, they accept the condition. They accept the diagnosis. They, especially if it runs in your family, it's like, okay, so how come it runs in my family? Mm-hmm. How come my grandmother had diverticulitis? How come my aunt had diverticulitis? How come? Mm-hmm. At a young age, at such a young age, and mine was pretty young. My my aunt was pretty young. For my grandmother to die is pretty severe. Right? That's a pretty pretty severe case. Like how come? Mm-hmm. So part of it has to do with you know the our heritage and eating all this foreign food <laughs> that our body doesn't know how to digest. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, I was really excited when the whole paleo program came out and I thought, oh, people are going to go back to their origins. No, people all, all decided we're all paleos. <laughs> and I was like, go to your origins. <laughs> what food works for you? <laughs> right. 
what works for you. That's what's important. What works for you, right. Keep going. Keep gathering. Keep asking. And then ask even more. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do, with with cancer, you don't have to do chemotherapy. You know, there are other things that you can do. I think people get so afraid that they just jump on chemotherapy because they feel like they have to do that. Well, not only do they feel like they have to do that, they think that everybody else is doing that. Mm. And the doctors make it sound like that's actually the fastest and best approach to take. Mm -hmm. When it's really not the fastest Mm -hmm. approach to take. It's actually a rather slow process because you can debilitate the system and then you got to rebuild the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You're, it's like, okay, I, I can suffer. I'm going to suffer through this. Well, yeah, you're going to suffer through treatment. You know, like whatever treatment you're going through, if it's something different you haven't done before, you're going to suffer. But you don't have to grit your, grit your teeth and really suffer because you're going to be suffering enough as it is. So I think people, you know, they put a brave, they put a brave face on and go, okay, I'm going to do this the fast way. And And hope for the best. Yeah, there is no fast way to change your entire body. Right. It took seven years for your body to get the way it is. And it takes seven years for your body to get to the next stage and seven years to get to the next stage. Our bodies are amazing system and they completely regenerate themselves every seven years mm-hmm. unless we mess with it <laughs> and right. do something like chemotherapy <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, well kate I, I i so wish you all the best in your journey i'm so glad that you're doing better and that you're moving forward you know, you've, you're, you're really a beacon and um, a shining light for people. And, oh, you have a radio show, which I was on. Um, why don't you just let people know what your radio show is and your website for your uh, emotional wisdom training. I'll also be putting it on the podcast website. But um, if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or is interested in coach training. Yes, the radio show is a live radio show on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on W4CY.net. And it is following the news and sports. It's called Emotional Wisdom Training. And on that show, I have all kinds of people who have all kinds of tools, practices, processes, and principles for supporting us in responding more wisely versus reacting emotionally. I have movie producers and musicians and doctors and other people who are doing podcasts. The list goes on and on and on. I have a modern Tarzan, one of American Ninja (laughs) Warriors contestants, on talking about how insecure he felt in high school Mm -hmm. and how he discovered that Happy that ha- being happy and making himself happy actually supports other people and being happy around him. So he just lives for happiness now. Wow, <laughs> cool! I have to listen to right. that one. You can you can tune in. You can you can tune in on Fridays at one p.m. Or you can also check out the podcast available at Kate Michaels M I C H E L S Kate Michaels dot com. And many of the podcasts are on there, including the one by. Nicholas Coolridge, Modern, Modern Tarzan. Then mm-hmm. you can gather more information at emotionalwisdomtraining.com mm-hmm. and all of the blogs are listed okay. there and many of the podcasts are available. You can listen to Emotionalism Training on iHeart Talk Radio. There's podcasts mm-hmm. available on iHeart Talk. And you can also gather more information by clicking on corealignmentcoaching.com and you will see my specialist. You'll learn more about neuro-linguistic programming and find ways to support yourself 
in asking more questions. Thank you so much, Kate Michaels. I honor your your sharing your story. I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is to share our stories with others. And, and thank you for all you do. And uh, we will talk again. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. us to the end of our show. I hope you had fun and learned something useful. Keeping it real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic healthy life comes out every two weeks. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on a great conversation. Show notes can be found on our podcast website realjanine.com, as well as links to guests' web pages. You can also leave comments or questions and sign up for the Real Janine mail list to keep up on new episodes. Remember, Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well.